The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We're back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast for uh, the week we've all kind of been waiting for since the season began. UCF coming to Memphis in just a few days. Before we get to that, just like to apologize for not having a podcast last week. We actually recorded one. Uh, it was pretty good. I went on a rant about Brady White and getting the ball to Daryl Henderson. and um, Rant is putting it... is is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that even does it justice, to be totally honest. Yeah, I, I kind of went off on the <laughs> David Moore truthers out there uh, who who insist uh, that he, you know, they got rid of the wrong quarterback. But Brady White, you know, did he did the, I did the talking, he did the walking this week, going 16 of 18, uh, nearly flawless against UConn. So uh, I'm Mark Giannato. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer, Jason Munns, our producer, Let's talk UCF because I don't really know how much you can glean from that win over UConn. While it was nice that Memphis bounced back, UConn is dreadful. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the worst (laughs) FBS teams in the country this year. It's becoming clear. Um, And it's just a lot more exciting to talk about this UCF game. The last time these two teams were on the field, they played one of the best best games of the 2017 season. UCF winning that AAC championship game 62-55 in overtime or double overtime uh, over Memphis. And they come to town with the longest current winning streak in the country. Uh, They're undefeated this year. They're a top 10 team. Um, And, you know, Memphis has a chance here to make a national statement. This is, you know, maybe the last chance, only chance they have this year. I don't know if beating Missouri would, would really resonate nationally, but handing UCF its first loss in, you know, what something like almost two years would resonate nationally. Um, Evan, what in your mind, what are you looking forward to about this weekend? I think I'm, if I can be honest, I want to see the atmosphere because I'm, I'm a little jealous. You went today, you were at the game last year and I watched it. What was in Orlando? I'm still Jealous, yeah, that you went to that. It's scary in that stadium too, because it was like it was pretty much sold out, and that stadium has structural issues. Like they <laughs> they they built it on the cheap, and so when like fans are really excited there, the whole press box shakes, and you like you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a four year old stadium, and you feel like it's gonna collapse. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, really it was scary. it was it was one of the better games I've ever covered in my entire uh, career. And just watching it, I was just like, man, imagine watching this live and wondering what's going to happen next. Because it just felt like something was just going to happen to blow your mind even more. So I'm really curious to see what the atmosphere is going to be like. Will the Liberty Bowl be crowded? Will we get 40,000 people there? Because I think that's going to be interesting to see how people get amped for this game. Because it should be. like People have been waiting months for this. They've told me about this game. Let's see how the crowd turns out. So that's what I want to see first. But on the field... I want to see what Memphis does. I mean, you know, they talked about, you know, they want to be they want to be the team that can hang with UCF. Let's see it. Let's see what they got. Because, honestly, we saw against UConn, they took care of business. Now I want to see what they do against a team that looks much stronger, more physical, pretty much Memphis on steroids, as I like to call them. 
with Mackenzie Milton. So I just want to see kind of just, you know, how they handle, you know, a Heisman Trophy candidate, the best quarterback they're going to see before they see Drew Locke next in two weeks. So that's kind of what I want to see. What do you what do you think, Mark, about just this this UCF offense that just seems like they're just steamrolling people? Well, I just think this is going to be a big showcase, a big spotlight moment for Brady White uh, this game because I don't think the Memphis defense is going to be able to stop UCF. Uh, they di- They couldn't last year, and I don't expect that to change this year from what I've seen from them. So can Brady keep up with them like Riley did last year? Um, I'm not sure about that either, but I want to see, you know, this is kind of to me where we will really learn a lot about Brady White. He has great numbers right now, but in the two losses Memphis has, he hasn't really played that great. And so my gut tells me that this will be a moment where we will see, even if they lose, we are going to see what, Brady White is made of. Now, saying that, one of the weaknesses of this UCF defense, or UCF in general, they're eighth in the AAC in rushing defense right now, which kind of plays into what we've seen is the strength of this Memphis offense with Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor. Can Memphis take advantage of that? That's what they did in the AAC championship game. Like, people look at that high score. Memphis, I thought the best thing about that game was they really they really pounded the ball. And they did even when they fell behind early, they didn't give up on the run in that game. And it was great it was a great game plan. Um and my other the other thing I'm curious to see is and I asked Mike Norvell about this Monday at his weekly luncheon. You know, Memphis likes to push the pace and push the tempo at all costs. But this feels like a week where you need to pull back the throttle. Um, UCF goes faster and the less time that UCF offense is on the field, the better. Now I, I want to see cause, cause that tempo, that pace is one of, is at the core of Mike Norvell's offensive beliefs and offensive philosophy. And it's been pretty darn successful here at Memphis. And I'm curious if he's willing to even alter that at all. He kind of gave me a non answer answer. When I asked him, he didn't say yes, and he didn't say no when I asked him if he'd slow it down, which you'd expect in a week like this where you're not trying to give away anything. But to me, you got to slow it down. You got, you, you need those. You, you just can't give the ball. It's almost like what Tulane did to Memphis uh, a couple weeks ago with those long grinding drives. The the less Mackenzie Milton's on the field, the better for Memphis. And And another thing to keep an eye on is this offensive line last year, now Shaquem Griffin is gone, but they had like they the, the no team gave this offensive line more trouble than UCF. I mean, they really got pressure. Um, even though Memphis scored some points in that in that AAC championship game, the pressure they put on Riley was an issue. And we saw Brady White when he gets pressured doesn't look extremely comfortable in the pocket. Um, at least he didn't against Tulane. And so that's another thing to keep an eye on. I just wonder though, you know. To me, this Memphis team isn't as good as last year's Memphis team. And right now, it seems like UCF is just as good as they were last year. So I worry a little bit about this one. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I hope it. I hope it's just like that game in the AAC championship game because it was just a blast. It was, well, it wasn't a blast to cover in the sense that writing a 62-55 game story at, on deadline is difficult. 
So I hope for your sake, Evan, that's not the case. But at the same time, just sitting there and being there and realizing in the moment you were watching just this awesome, awesome game, it was it. It's what you you know part of the reason you do this for a living. Yeah, I think what, what, what interests me too, I guess, is just kind of like you know when you were watching this game, did it kind of cross your mind at all? Like, oh my god, I'm really watching this, or were you just kind of like I had to be in that mode? And did you even? No, I knew. I mean, you knew it was a great game. They were going back and forth. Different guys were making plays all over the field. Um, no, you knew in that moment it was you were watching this fantastic game. Um, so, no, I, I felt like in that moment I was savoring it, it to, to a certain extent. I knew, you know, you knew while you were watching it, like, this is freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, and like for me, I don't really have any rooting interests like other than like, it would have been cool, I guess, to cover Memphis in a BCS bowl or BCF, outdated New in a New Year's Six bowl. Um, other than that, it was like you know, um, I didn't really have any rooting interest. I was just rooting for the best story, and the best story was, you know, the fact that these two teams just went at it mano a mano. Um, what's changed is a couple hours after that game ended was when Scott Frost announced he was leaving UCF. So they have a new coach, Josh Heupel. Um, and Mike Norvell seemed to indicate that there's not there's some schematic differences between last year's UCF and this year's UCF, but philosophically they remain the same. And you know they haven't really been challenged yet this year. No. I don't think anyone's really given them. They they played Pitt and Pitt. You know they kind of controlled Pitt, although Pitt's not that great of an ACC team. Um, they haven't played anybody with a winning record yet. So kind of just like Memphis. Um, so yeah. that's something to to be aware of. The other thing I think is really interesting about this is, and I'm going to write about this later this week, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, Jason. But, I mean, honestly, like Memphis fans are rooting for Memphis, but like the rest of the league is going to be rooting for UCF because UCF being undefeated and this whole national championship, national champions gimmick is like the best thing possible for the AAC, especially with media rights their media rights deal coming up soon because this, you know, you look at last year, those TV ratings, it was the UCF USF game and the UCF Memphis game were the two highest rated AAC games of the year. What was the common denominator? It was UCF being undefeated and going for that undefeated record. And I'd argue even while obviously Memphis fans should root for Memphis to win this game. If Memphis wins, it could actually end up costing Memphis like millions of dollars (laughs) based on one UCF, maybe not going to a, you know, maybe like the AAC champion, not going to a new year six bowl, which is an outside possibility. Um, Or, and then, you know, with UCF, not as nationally relevant being not undefeated, that maybe the TV deal gets affected in some way if the ratings aren't quite as good the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just a weird it dichotomy. Is. Um, yeah, it is. And I mean, you've covered these small, you know, not smaller, like group of five mid-major. conferences. Yeah. Um, don't call it mid-major, not to Memphis fans. No, or Southern Miss fans. Yeah. They hate it. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, having come from Hattiesburg and covering Southern Miss, this, this situation that the AAC and Memphis finds itself in. And let's, let's also backtrack and say that it's not that, you know, the AAC wants UCF to, to win for the sake of the conference. It's, it, it would be the same way if Memphis was in UCS, UCF's yes. shoes. 
if if Memphis was the team on an 18 game winning streak and they were ranked ninth in the country, then the AAC would want Memphis to be to to win uh, just for the long you know in the in the long term. But no, it was 2011 and uh, Houston and I'm sure Memphis fans remember this. Houston was uh, nationally ranked and headed toward a BCS bowl game and they. Uh, hosted Southern Miss in the Conference USA Championship game, and Southern Miss went in there and beat them 49-28 to 28 or something, like just dragged them across the field. Case Keenum was the quarterback at Houston back in those days, and um, and it was the worst thing that could have happened to Conference USA. I think uh, I think there, there, there's a, a large part of what happened that day is why Conference USA, you know, sort of splintered. Yeah, not only splintered, but but has sort of drifted further back in the pecking order of of you know this whole conference realignment thing i mean you know who knows what would have happened maybe the same thing happens if houston wins that game but i but like you said before um what's best for the league and what's best for all its members is more than likely to have ucf win this game saturday yeah and well for memphis the stakes are this to me if you lose this game any outside hope you had of maybe clawing back, winning out, and winning the division, to me, go away if you don't beat UCF. To me, three losses in conference is too many. Yes. I could see with two division losses, I could see it. There, there is a scenario in my mind oh, yeah. where you could go into that Houston game. Like All Houston would have to do is lose one conference game. Um, I guess Navy would have to lose a couple more too, but I, I think that might happen. Yeah, because they're not that good. Right. Um, and so with two conference losses, I could see they're like winning a tiebreaker to get into the AAC championship game. Um, but with three conference losses, I don't see it happening. No. And to me, that's that's what this game is sort of that this that's what this game will determine. Yeah, there's a lot riding on this game and, and you know, way more than we probably thought there would be at this stage of the season. But yeah, there's an awful lot riding on this game. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought going into the season, this would be obviously a mark, the sure. marquee game on the schedule, but it didn't, you know, you didn't think necessarily Memphis would be coming in, although I predicted it, that they would be coming in with two losses in conference. Yeah. Um, Borderline must win for them. Yeah. Well, it just depends what, like, you determine. Like, to me, like, personally, like, this doesn't strike me as a Memphis team, and maybe some fans are not going to like this, but doesn't strike me as a team that is you know, going to win the division. Right. Like, you know, to, but I guess you could say it's a must win. I mean, I'm curious, we can go around the, the table and, and see like what, Evan, how do you see this game playing out? I think it'll be fast. I think it'll be fun, but I think Memphis loses by double digits. I'm, I'll say 14. I told somebody this week, 14 points. I think that's fair because I don't think they can stop UCF. I mean, they can't stop Tulane. They can't stop Mackenzie Milton. So I think 14 points, margin of victory for UCF. I think if I think if Memphis has to run more than 80 plays, then then it's not going to be good for them. That means they're in a track meet, that means that you know, they're having to do whatever they can to score quickly and everything and I think that the 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 path to their success in this game is controlling the clock and um you know, doing whatever it takes to do that and obviously when you when you you know, the the more plays you run the less time you have the ball. Usually it's, it seems that way, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I think, I think the fewer plays they run, the more in control they'll be. 
and the better it'll be for them. What I, my biggest surprise this week is the line on this game. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. four points, five Crazy. points. If I bet on sports, I don't bet on sports. I think I don't think it's right as a journalist. But I would put a lot of money on UCF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean uh, again, we're, you know, fans who are listening to this probably are, you know, not going to like it. I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm just telling you how I feel personally. I, and I understand, I could see, I see a scenario where Memphis could win this game, but a lot of things have to go right in this defense and it's particularly this secondary. Because if you remember that AAC championship game, this secondary got picked apart. Like the safeties, like Josh Perry, Jonathan Cook, they lost some guys to injury over the course of the game, but even when the starters were in the game, they were just getting gashed through the air by Mackenzie Milton. And then the whole, I mean, McKenzie's, um, his uh, mobility really really caused some problems for Memphis too. But unless this defense just looks totally different than what I've seen over the past few, even the UConn game, I mean, they give up a 17-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to start the game. And yes, they looked better and created four turnovers, but... You know, I just I, I'm gonna have to see a totally different defense for me to really believe Memphis can pull this off. You're just keeping it real. Yeah, I am keeping it real. Yeah. I got. I, I think it's gonna be a three touchdown loss. I've been telling people fifty six thirty five. That's what I think. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I mean, look, I'm a big believer in the law of averages, mm-hmm. and I will say the fact that UCF has really not done while they are racking up great scores and numbers they haven't done it against anyone of consequence i think is a good sign for memphis like memphis is very clearly the best team they've faced so far oh yeah even better than pitt obviously i think better than pittsburgh yeah yeah but no i i'm a big believer in in things evening out i'm a big even steven guy and uh memphis was not supposed to lose to tulane and because they did i think you know if you take everything into account you know using common sense and everything we've seen, all the evidence we've seen up to this point out of both Memphis and UCF, UCF should win this game. But I don't think, I think Memphis will win because they lost to Tulane. I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I I think things always have a way of evening out. And that's, that's, that's my gut feeling. It's funny because I, I actually predicted before the season that Memphis would win this game and no one else in the room did. Um, that's true. And so that, you know, that's something to, I guess, keep in mind <laughs> so I'll be, I'll as, be, as you, as you throw hate mail at me over right. this podcast, just keep that in mind. I change my mind a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go down with the shit being the only one who said, you know, I'll stick with UCF winning, but Hey, no, no, no. I predicted a three touchdown he changed loss. His mind. Now you have, okay. Well, I predicted I, a three touchdown but I'll be, loss. I'll be, so consistent. For the record. I'll be consistent from the start to now I've said it, but okay. Yeah, no, it'll be, uh, It'll be fascinating to see how this all plays out. I it mean, will be. It, it's going to be really fun. I think it's either way. And, however, Me- and Memphis has done pretty well in these nationally televised kind of showcase games. I mean, you take out, I mean, I guess what's well, funny, they, they people have been dropping this stat like, oh, the last three times they've been on ABC, um, they've, you know, on a national TV, they've won against Ole Miss, against UCLA, and against uh, Navy. Navy. It's like, the Liberty Bowl is nationally televised, and they lost <laughs> Iowa State. The AAC championship game was nationally televised, and they lost. You know, it's like you can make the stats however you want it. Um, and I would just say, 
you know, like last year when they beat UCLA, yes, UCLA was ranked number 25 in the country. They ended up the year six and six. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and um, I think this UCF team is, they're really good. And they're on, I don't know, it, it'll be interesting. And like, it'll be also interesting to see Josh Heupel in his first kind of mm-hmm. big game as a head coach. Um, like maybe if Memphis, if Memphis can keep it close because these guys haven't really been in a close game that, you know, if you can, if you're in it in the fourth quarter, you know, start in the fourth quarter, who knows in front of like, like you were mentioning the crowd, I do think fans are going to show out for this game. And this is, and this is in, and why it's another reason why this game is so important is this to me is the last chance this football team has to capture the casual Memphis sports fan slash football fan if they lose this you know and i guess maybe if they beat missouri but like if they lose this to me i think you're gonna see you know there's gonna be that diehard audience that's always there but i think you're gonna see everyone else start to tail off and focus on basketball um because you know again like i said with three conference losses it makes it hard to believe this team's gonna be anything more than like a six and six seven and five bowl team um so lots at stake it's going to be a lot of fun at the liberty bowl um 2:30 kickoff so you'll get to tailgate some um sounds like the weather's going to be pretty nice we're finally going to get fall here in memphis so will ucf fall uh <laughs> let me touch on one more thing okay. before we wrap things up here the closest game the the the, the closest game that ucf has been in so far this season they ended up winning by 20, putting up 56 against Florida Atlantic. They were only up 21 to 17 at half. Uh, so that's the closest game they've been in. They haven't trailed at halftime all year long. That's the closest they've they've been in. Um, and I should I feel like I should point out Florida Atlantic. Devin Singletary is their running back, and he leads the nation in rushing touchdowns. Where we know Daryl Henderson is second to Devin Singletary. So two pretty good running back. I mean, it, the point is. A team with a pretty good running back, a pretty good run game, had some success. The most success anybody's had against UCF this year. And and like you mentioned before, they're eighth in, in the AAC, uh, UCF's eighth in the AAC in rushing defense. So yeah. at both They are only defense. giving up. It sounds like teams are running against them a lot. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're giving up. They're eighth in, in total yards, but actually only giving up about 4.13 yards per carry, which is not terrible not no. great but not terrible trying to um, play keep away teams. before we actually go i wanted evan to highlight this story is up on commercialpeel.com but it was i thought really interesting earlier today um if you didn't see curtis akins on the field most of the second half on saturday um there's a good reason why evan uh, explain to people so curtis akins after the first series in the second half got a tap on the shoulder if you will um you gotta go to the hospital because his son was being born and it was kind of Surreal for him because, you know, Chris Ball came over, defensive coordinator came, let him know, hey, time to go to the hospital. He's leaving, going to the sidelines. Everybody's congratulating him, giving him hugs and everything. And he gets there five minutes before his son is born, Curtis Aikens third, And he just, you know, was had all the joy in his face today when talking about it. He just said, you know, yeah, he's coming along well. You know, he had to change his shirts before practice because he got peed on by the by the little fella. And uh, <laughs> he just <laughs> he just really fully embraced. And he said, you know, Nothing like, you know, the feeling of holding your son for the first time. And so it was really kind of cool. And, I mean, I've never, you know, experienced that. I don't know if you guys ever covered that where a guy had to leave halftime for the birth of a child. But, I mean, it was really, really cool. So, 
kind of a cool uh, addendum to the UConn game. Here, here's my question. If it's 35-28 early third quarter against UCF, does he go? what does he do? I, I would assume he would still go to um, see his son being born, but... Man, that is tough. Like, if it was like like the UConn game was over yeah. at that point, essentially, right. like, man, I, that is a hard question to. That, that, I think I, I would. I would. I mean, my wife, like, so my wife is pregnant right now, actually, and like she basically has said, like, if you are not there, we're done. Like, <laughs> and I don't blame her. I don't blame her. So, um, I imagine Curtis would still probably leave, and someone would fill in, and like you know, you can. There's there'll always be another football game you know <laughs> at least the, for the next six weeks there's no you know you never get to see your first son being born first kid being born so um well it's a good thing it's out of the way yeah maybe the, <laughs> maybe the maybe the you know the the birth present will be a, a win over ucf for uh little i don't know if it's what curtis akins the third curtis akins the third maybe little curtis akins the third will get a ucf win uh, in his first uh, Memphis week alive, or win over UCF, a win over UCF <laughs> in his first week alive. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. It, it'll be exciting to see what happens. Uh, we will uh, break it all down for you next week uh, when we're back. Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan and Jason. Thanks so much, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you at the Liberty Bowl. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.